Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to Choreographers of War. My name is Betty. I'm joined by my co-host, Rob. Hey guys, uh, here for more hot takes. And we are your central source for Harlequin-related content related to the Warhammer 40k game. We come from both the Discord, our Harlequins with an S, Harlequins 40k, as well as our sponsored Discord server. Did I say Discord before or Reddit? I meant Reddit, Reddit subreddit, whatever. And uh, yeah, so today we're actually kind of altering our timeline a little bit. We're altering our schedule a little bit. Uh, as you know, our last episode was our first half of the Codex review, but Rob and I talked about it a little bit, and we decided to kind of staple in here a bit of a emergency meta-analysis and content analysis based on based on Harlequins as a whole. As most people know, especially if you're in the know with, with uh, the game state, the meta as it is right now, Harlequins are a, are a very controversial topic right now. Our Codex is in a very uh, tumultuous place, and we wanted to kind of break down why that is, what's going on, and what we can do to help fix that, and not only maintain the health of the game as a whole, but keep our army healthy and not hopefully nerf it into a tailspin f for the future to come. We will be back on our Codex review next week, so don't worry about that. But for this week, we really kind of wanted to strike while the iron was hot and really talk about how we would really approach this Codex and give, give a balanced perspective to not only make our army happy, but make the game happy around it. So, Rob, do you want to lead us off and talk about exactly what Harlequins are doing right now in the meta and why this is such a controversial topic? All right, so Harlequins, a little bit busted. Uh, we don't have this weekend's stats yet, but last weekend, uh, the weekend, the last weekend of March, the weekend of Adepticon. Yes. Uh, stats are a little odd because Adepticon, as always, is a little odd, but 77% roughly win rate. That's a lot. That that's that's bad. That's real bad. Yeah, I I to put it this in perspective, I believe the highest win rate ever recorded on a single weekend was like 0.5 or so percent higher. And with this was this is including if I remember right, um years. So the actual win rate mm -hmm. of Harlequins into people who aren't Harlequins is even higher. Exactly. And if you count Harlequins into non-Eldari and non-craft worlds, which are probably there are two worst matchups because one is a pseudo mirror and the other is like, well, trust me, that's not a fun matchup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> those dire Avengers, man, they're just like, there's a lot of units in the Craft World Codex that just bash into oh, yeah. weapons real hard. That's actually yeah. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later on, but yeah, Craft World has a lot of uh, a lot of unsung heroes in its codex that can really put the hurt on Harlequins right now. And sort of put that in perspective, Eldari hybrid soup, which usually just means. Craft World or Drukhari plus Harlequins mm -hmm. is 65% or so win rate, and yeah. Craft Worlds are still 60%. And I'm sure Drukhari are definitely up there, but why would you be playing pure Drukhari right now? I'm not even sure why you'd be playing pure Craft Worlds, to be honest. You should and be saying, speeding. why would you play... The thought of why would you play pure Drukhari right now after the ninth edition we just came out of is such <laughs> a bizarre sentence. You know, imagine yeah. thinking back, like, 12... Or, I don't know, how long ago was Drukhari released? You know, 6, 12 months ago? And being like, oh, why would you play pure Drukhari? You'd slap yourself. Yeah, it turns out uh, after you give enough nerfs to witches and those poor... Oh, man, those poor blood brides. They're, what, like, something ridiculous, like 16 points per model now. And it's like, yeah. just bring players, dog. They do mm -hmm. two damage base and hit at the same strength and have more AP. Like, there's no reason. It's ridiculous, like, looking at some of those nerfs now and looking at, like... And players are definitely a problem unit. But they're not... They're, rel they're in the army, they're not a problem, and I don't think they're really a balance issue. I, I, so... I 
to put it a little bit in better terms, I don't think players are a problem. They are a catalyst to the problem that Harlequins are, where they really exacerbate all of the... They put a magnifying glass on the other broken aspects of the army that enable the players to be so exemplary. Yeah, like, people will do the math on player combos of 12-man players and be like, oh, you do 12 mortal wounds, and oh, you just eat anything alive in dark by ignoring invulns, and re-rolling ones to wound and a bunch of other stuff. And it's like, that doesn't, that's not really a concern. Like, no. if you look at the list people are bringing, it's the Void Weavers and the Star Weavers. And Exactly. I mean, the army as a whole has some issues. Like, I think we counter Marines a little too hard. I feel like I would rather Scar- Sky Weavers lose their uh, no re-rolls to hit and instead gain minus one to hit at range, personally, for example. But, because yeah. that's, that's the real issue. Players are just... Players eat Marines for breakfast. Our entire mm-hmm. army kills Marines, and we negate a bunch of their rerolls and stuff. Yeah. And so being a Marine player right now is especially rough. And that's, I think, part of the problem with Harlequins, is that they're designed almost exactly to perfectly counter the prior meta. They're designed like mm-hmm. Jukari in the yeah. sense that they do a lot of trading and a lot of efficiency, so they play mm-hmm. ninth correctly. Um, in uh, early ninth edition... Until Drukari launched. I don't think on TTS you ever saw Harlequins go below, like, 60% win rates. Mm-hmm. Like, they were monstrous. But oh, then yeah. Drukari just did everything Harlequins did better. Yeah. And now Harlequins... <laughs> and the paradigm <laughs> shifted. Yes. The problem, is, and part of the problem is now, uh, due to fusion boats going away, Void Weavers are, became the only way to have... And because they didn't change the rules on Haywire Cannons, Void Weavers became the only source of, like, mm-hmm. major high-strength damage. Exactly. And that that's something we're going to get into in a little bit when we talk about how we can effectively nerf and rebalance this army, is that you really do kind of have to walk on your tiptoes a little bit to make it happen, because with a codex that only has eight units, and with some of our previously, like, maximized strategies completely useless and illegal now, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room you can take this army that doesn't completely take it off the map, and I have a lot of personal concerns about how GW is going to handle this, especially with the books that we have coming on the horizon. But back to our primary topic that a 77% win rate is bad. Like, that's a lot. If you look back to, I think even in uh, even in 8th edition, when Iron Hands meta was at most, what, like a 65% win rate? Well, it depended like on the specific tournament, and it, it gets complicated because Iron Hands were also fighting other second, other Marine 2.0 codexes. So sure. their biggest counters were, them, were themselves because they were yeah. very common. Iron Hands mm-hmm. were all over the place. They were like... Oh, yeah. A third of all armies, which is like, mm-hmm. and that wasn't, Marines were 50%, and of those, over half were probably Iron Hands. It was bad. Well, and that's very easy to do when you can say, my yeah. Marines are Iron Hands now. <laughs> you know, we, I th- we talk about it a lot in the Discord that, you know, who, who owns this many Harlequins? Who just has nine boats, or technically, you know, uh, t- between 12 and 15 boats to just slap <laughs> on a field and say, here's my kit. Like, no one has those. People have been scrambling like mad to get a hold of even just like six or nine of them to have a semi-competent list. And so that's why we're seeing even some of the struggling that we are. And if we were an army that was as pervasive and as, as available as craft worlds or as uh, uh, space marines, I'm, I'd be afraid of what that, uh, what that win rate would look like. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate i would say but like i said putting it into perspective we blow 
it's only a week. So, like, I'm not trying to blow all this out of proportion. It's only been, you know, two-ish weeks of play with one major tournament week, you know, in, in the books. That things can get adapted to. There's going to be counters that arrive. That win rate is going to go down intrinsically as people get used to the army and start recognizing gotchas. But no army in record has had this sort of play into it and like you look back to some of the metas from 8th edition that were scourges of the meta you know stains on the meta you look at you know malefic lord spam you look at you know broken inari you look at the castellan meta you look at iron hands they don't hold a candle to this yeah we're we're broken and part of it is because i still think (laughs) i love the saying we're a we're a club and a meta full of seals unfortunately and (laughs) that's a very eloquent way to put it and part of the problem is the most part, the ar- only armies probably balanced at our level are Custodes now and Tau. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we happen to have counters. We're kind of designed almost to eat those two. Like, ironically, Tau went from probably our worst matchup to probably our best. And yeah. like, like, it's really weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe not the best, but. I was talking to a buddy about it the other day, and I, a lot of the internet that isn't just screeching into the void, a lot of the internet is in agreement in this perspective that Harlequins are, I mean, they are busted, they are broken, but they are on a polar opposite side of the meta from something like Custodes or Tau that you can't account for both. So you either play into Harlequins and have, have a reasonable chance, a good chance of beating us, and then completely get trounced by Tau and Custodes, or vice versa. And there is no give and take to where you can accommodate for both. And that's where a lot of this frustration is coming from. We'll talk about that in a little bit when we talk about, you know, our, our closing segment. But there are some armies that physically just cannot do that. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, I would say. We've got we've got issues, man. We got problems here. We got trouble here in River City. So what do you think it is that we need to have looked at? What what's, what are these specific pain points in this codex that we should t- touch on? What's like our top three, let's say? What's our top three-ish real pain points that we need to really address? So I would say boats, 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 boats. Everybody nerf boats, please. <laughs> I don't, I, I feel so bad about taking them. And they're so like, you can create the most non-interactive list. And it's oh, yeah. not even fun to play. I stopped having fun winning. I never mm-hmm. thought I could, like, win a bunch and then just be like, but I didn't do anything. I just made a mathematical list, and it just keeps winning. Yep. It's, I hate it. <laughs> you and several others in the Discord have been talking that, like, we've just stopped taking Voidweaver and started taking Skyweavers just to make the game fun again. Yeah, pretty much. It's bad. It's bad. Very bad. So, aside from boats, are there any other specific pieces you think that we should really start to poke with a stick and see if we can bring back into order so i feel like not just boats but in general like that light has light is a bit problematic uh dark light might be is problematic. extremely polarizing yeah light and dark are very polarizing into yeah. one into shooting one into melee but the arguably the problem i would say is we're better currently it's hard to get a feel for dark because there are certain things that, like, you used to be able to do that you can't anymore. And I feel like mm-hmm. if we could still do those, it would push Dark over the edge. But we can't, and that's probably yeah. a good thing. But mm-hmm. it definitely means adapting. I feel like Dark is the way to go, though, for example, in Soup. I love my Dark Soup. And Yeah, I can empathize. I think I can agree with that. Yeah, and then Twilight definitely, I think, is for a different meta. 
and I'm just waiting to see. Like GW gave us a toolbox, gave Harlequins a toolbox that seems yes. to be designed to be able to handle almost anything mm-hmm. reasonably takeall comery. No, I absolutely agree with you 100. percent I I'm waiting to tune my list into Twilight if orcs make a random resurgence. If guard ends up becoming a real threat on the table, I'm waiting to switch over to pivot over to Twilight, where you don't need all that extra AP that Dark gives you, but just a weight of attacks. You know, a player's coming at you with six attacks with blades is going to mulch guardsmen when it comes, and I'm ready for it. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Um, That's, and yeah, Dark with blades or Twilight with blades, both. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. And Shadow Seers are interesting. I think they're almost mm-hmm. too good in some ways. But Pandemonium, Agent of Pandemonium, I'm actually finding now. I'm like throwing my Shadow Seers out there, like, fight! Mm-hmm. Fight for me! And well, you, I used to be like, all right, Shadow Seer, you're gonna sit in the middle of the battlefield, you're gonna cast Warp Ritual, and you're gonna try not dying while keeping those around you safe. Now I'm mm-hmm. like, YOLO those. I have a YOLO Shadow Seer on every list, and I love yeah. it. I, know I mean, you do. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, that doesn't... Most people don't feel like that's broken. Because nowadays, everybody can stack attacks. So minus one mm-hmm. attack is not the big deal it would have been in 8th edition. But no. that's where some of the... Some of this could just be we're waiting on an FAQ to really... Or rather, uh, a, uh, I guess, developer commentary or whatever on the yeah. mirror architect ability. That mm-hmm. is... I think part of that is the interaction with mirror architect with... Um, I don't think it's really an issue with fog of yeah. dreams, the psychic power, but I think mm-hmm. I I think it it has issues when you combine it with the light subfaction trait to a certain extent, the trans yeah. hitman yeah. or trans hit elf, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but a lot of people are also overestimating that. Like if you're a normal shooting unit, you're hitting on threes and then minus one. Mm-hmm. And then no rerolls. That's where most of the fact that you're not hitting is coming from unless you're playing custodes or you're plusing or ignoring minuses. If you're adding a plus one to your space marines and ignoring minuses, then yeah. Mm-hmm. Only hitting on a four plus compared with no rerolls compared to a two plus with reroll ones is a huge drop. That's yeah. basically a 50% drop almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one no, in 36 I'm, I'm on board with that. to 18 out of 36. Yeah. But like, that's, I feel like that's okay to counter. Like, but the problem is, custodes are a big army right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Custodes are the meta, and they can't do shit in Devoid Weavers or Star Weavers. That that's kind of the part that that kind of makes me a little um a, a little disappointed with the whole matchup. So I feel like we should have like a perfect fifty fifty into Custodes. You know, like I don't want to say it should be a coin flip, but I feel like that if all else should be a matchup that we should honestly have to duke it out for and see who is the better pilot. I I actually kind of disagree. Custodes are just better Space Marines and more just better elf bullshit, and better elf bullshit is, like, the definition of counter to better space marines, I feel like. Plus, I mean, I, we have I 100% like where your head's win rate at. in the fluff. We've never I lost like where your head's at, but <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> disagree with you there, but I just feel I, like I, that's I feel a like... matchup that's custodes are supposed to be a lower skill army in a lot of ways, and easier to pilot, but that means having problems into Harlequin specifically. Like, Harlequins yeah. have so much ridiculous stuff they can do, and they break so many rules, an army which just follows the rules really well should be the one army that does suffer. Mm-hmm. And then Tau, the no hit, the no rerolls is oftentimes what's hit in Tau hard. Yeah, because it's not like even with marker lights, 
And to minus one, they're only hitting on fours. So, mm. <laughs> but the no rerolls, uh, that's pretty rude into those poor giant uh, lords of war that are like, you mean I hit you on fives with no rerolls, even though uh-huh. I, I'm supposed to hit you on fours with reroll all? Because that's going from seventy five percent win hit rate down to thirty three percent. That's yeah, less yeah. than half. Yeah. And literally, their their whole special thing is they can sit still and reroll all hits, and that doesn't work mm-hmm. against us. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah, they can d- ignore an invuln on one shot as Borkan, and they can kind of reduce. They can make Mirror Architect less of a big deal because of Borkan. But mm-hmm. we we've seen a lot of uh, discussion floating around about how you can effectively nerf and rebalance Harlequins, and some points are really good. Some points are valid, and some points we agree with. Some are heavy-handed and really aren't taking a lot of things into consider, but we're going to be momentarily, we're going to be digging into a article release on Goonhammer that's going to be going over a couple different suggestions, and we're going to kind of break it down piece by piece, thinking about how we, and I don't want to say that we're going to be, like, reviewing it as if we have some, like, high authority, but we're going to be talking about it, bringing it to everybody's attention, and kind of discussing how we feel as people who have a a, a pulse on the army, who are, you know, very much experienced with the army at, in, in an intimate level, how we feel about those changes, and what we would maybe try to try to bounce back off of those ideas. Yeah, so one of the issues with the Codex, and this is where I think they get it really wrong, they want us to charge two points per core. Core basically only matters in an RE. So, like, mm-hmm. if you want to charge us two extra points for co- for joining an RE, I don't care. We're, we look really awesome in an RE if that gets <laughs> fixed. We look insane in an RE, if I'm going to be honest. Like, actually getting our wound rerolls back matters a ton. Yeah. But that's that connects to their next point, where they want the base star and Void Weavers to only go up five points. We're thinking, I think we both agree, 10 to 15 points for the base on those points. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if Star Weavers didn't go up in points, and when and their, if Void Weavers didn't exist in their current broken state, Star Weavers would be the best, would still be the best. If you nerf Void Weavers like they're suggesting, Star Weavers just become the best unit in the game at a mere only plus five points. Like, foot troops aren't the issue. So a point that we're we're gonna kind of re rebound off of a couple times as we go over all these changes is that we shouldn't be losing rules to this codex to such a flimsy army to such a coin flip army that needs that re- reassurance of these tricksy rules that keep us alive. Taking a rule away from a unit, even something small, even rebalancing something like mirage launchers, could cripple an entire unit and validate most of our army. So. I really do genuinely believe that finding a delicate balance of points changes is what's going to keep this army successful, but also keep it fair. Um, a lot of people, you know, want to talk about changing Mirage launchers, changing, you know, light status as a whole, and that's going to really hurt the army long term. It's going to remove our army from the game. And as people who are, we're not, you got to understand, Rob mentioned it before, we are not happy with how this army is performing. We don't want to be like this. This isn't fun playing like this. I don't want to play my army right now because of how busted this book is. So we want this changed as much as the rest of the community does, but we want it done in a way that's going to keep our army fun, fair, and fulfilling to play on the table. And I, I genuinely believe that points changes the way that's going to that's gonna do this. Yeah, because um, certain Void Weavers are basically just stat marks. Yeah. So treat them like that and just make their points efficiency lower. Like we're thinking, I think ten points to fifteen points based on both. 
Yeah. Ten points on the prism cannon. So potentially one hundred ten, one hundred fifteen for void weavers. Yeah. Maybe go if you if you go a little harder on the points. I think you could afford to keep them in squad size three. Maybe mm-hmm. like if ideally though, I think they should be capped at six total on the board. Not six. Not two squads of three. Or three, so they they should be able to do two squads of three or three squads of two or something. Like nine void weavers is still pretty disgusting. Like, see, I I don't personally agree with that. I think you can find a good balance in the point registry to allow nine void weavers to be run, but it should be an investment. Right now, spending eight hundred and ten points to take nine void void weavers is a brain dead answer. It's just a yes, give me more <laughs> of that. I will happily do that, and it needs to be more of a commitment to do so. You should be spending at least somewhere in the realm of a thousand points for nine boats. It should be half of your army. It should be a commitment and investment, and you should be losing efficiency elsewhere to bring that many boats i i could see that i just think i think void weavers because they're so important for our balance and denids should i would be okay with them only getting up even to 105 with prism and 100 base if they Mm -hmm. reduce the number you could take to six because and i don't mean two units max with three squad size i mean just six void weavers total so however you want to put that on the board like, uh, I know yeah. they've never balanced like that, but mm-hmm. I don't want to see it get reduced to a 0-2 with squad size 0-3, to because I feel like running three mm-hmm. singleton void weavers is a legitimate choice for pure harlequins. Yeah. Like, that's what I oftentimes do in dark, because it lets you cover, uh, efficiently, defensively cover against things like deep strikes. Mm-hmm. And related to that, I would, I think we're both considering potential, the possibility they get nerfed as well. Not in points, but in terms of luck of the laughing god, right? Yeah, so this is a bit of a hot take and a bit of a contentious point that some people are going to be kind of a little offended by, but we're, we're going to talk about it and try to present our case as much as possible. Luck of the laughing god is a very divisive ability right now, and it might be the most feels-bad mechanic in the game to be against. I I genuinely feel like it might be the worst mechanic to be on the other side of the table from, because taking something like a squad of three Void Weavers that is already either minus one to hit or only hittable on four plus, it's got its four up uh, uh, invuln save, toughness five, which is, all right, sure, whatever, but chewing through 18 wounds between your three boats with other tricksy abilities, and then being able to dump five luck dice into saving your boats that that is probably one of the most tilting things I've experienced in this game. I I doing it to my opponent, you're just like, I'm sorry. Like yeah. why and am I allowed to do And it's not just void weavers, it's star weavers too. Like being able yeah. to keep in dark, being able to keep your troops in a boat at one health mm-hmm. for an extra turn is huge because then you decide when they get you decide to charge instead of getting charged with your troops and that's just so useful. Or if you do get touched, you get free attacks because they had to blow up your boat in melee first. Well, because believe it or not, like the Void Weavers are the the hot button issue of the Codex right now. However, Star Weavers is the most important unit in our army. End yeah. of conversation. Star Weavers are the kingpin of our army. They're the ones that need to die first. They're the ones that need to be controlled. They're the ones that you need to work you need to work around to win the game. Void Weavers are yes, they're they're awful to play against. I'm not saying they're they're useless, but Star Weavers are the ones that win you the game from the other side of the table. So 
but like taking the initiative and pushing a, a Void Weaver forward. I'm sorry, a Star, a Star Weaver forward, and being able to tank hit after hit after hit after hit with your luck dice can completely invalidate an entire turn for your opponent, and that sucks. Not only that, but consider this, guys. Vehicles don't normally get rerolls anyways, and that's kind of how I feel like they balance uh, Harlequins to a large extent, is we literally we get access to reroll ones to wound base. That's mm-hmm. it. And you have to be within six inches of a troop master. And you know what? Your troop master should be out there solo yoloing, killing like a bajillion points by himself. He shouldn't be wasting points. <laughs> it's literally the point the core mechanic came out. So you stopped all of these reroll castles and all these abilities yeah. to, to dump utility into your boats. And so or, Luck of the Laughing Gods just shouldn't work. We, we think it should be limited to core and characters. Like if yeah. we get like, say, a bike rider hero, cool. Mm-hmm. Give the, let them, that's fine. Let them continue to uh, get their luck of the laughing god. Uh, mm-hmm. But vehicles, nah, oh man. The luck of the laughing god is supposed to let us really do cool things. And I feel like it's part, like our stratagems feel a little expensive yeah. for what we get out of them. Like people may be like, what do you mean? But like, unless you're, like foot troops are a big risk outside of light. Unless you're running like 90 players in Twilight. Mm-hmm. Like, you need, you need the jump between, like, 30 players. The next level up is, like, 60-plus players. There's a huge jump in effectiveness in how many mm-hmm. you need to run if you're running them on foot. You need to run, you need to keep your Shadow Seers back to protect them. You need to do a bunch. They are not easy to... And in light, though, you can admittedly go to the 40 or 50 number. Maybe 40-ish with, like, say, two, four boats plus two tin mans on foot. And then you can even justify bringing in a webway gate in that case. Because you can fog one, webway the other, or webway both. But... So I should also clarify just for uh, consistency's sake. When Rob mentions is that it should include core and characters, that should also include troops. We're just saying that luck should no longer work on your boats, on your stars and your voids. Yes. So however GW would hypothetically want to slice it, whether troops get core, or whether you make it apply to all infantry and core, infantry and bikes, whatever. But if boats have to lose luck, I'm not real heartbroken over it, because they are the biggest abusers of that ability. Even the 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 smaller elephant in the room, the, the solitaire, does not abuse it to the point that the... Uh, that Void Weavers do. Because even though he gets his 3-plus invuln, he's going to be minus 1 to hit in melee, could be minus 1 to hit in shooting, usually is. Still, he still only toughness 4. He's going to go down to a reasonable amount of fire, where you don't need multi-damage weapons to take him down like you would a boat. He He's... You're going to dump a dice or two into him, maybe, but he's still falling at the end of the day. Being able to, to put all your luck rolls, even three of your luck rolls, into a Void Weaver squad is really backbreaking for a shooting phase. Related to that, uh, on Goonhammer, so related to our change to luck, in our opinion of what you should change, Goonhammer recommends that Mirage launchers shouldn't, should only affect shooting phase attacks. And I think there's two issues with this. One, Hmm. if you actually read the damn Harlequin Codex, every unit has minus one to hit in melee. Everybody gets it. So it would be weird to not have that now. That's like our army-wide unofficial rule. Mm-hmm. But even if you got rid of the hit rerolls, I feel like just getting rid of luck dice instead so that the hits that do get through do more are more likely yeah. to actually get through in the end is a better mm-hmm. way to balance that. Because then it just keeps the exactly. rule consistent. And then, as I said, you 
they should probably make it so, you know, Skyweavers are just minus one to hit at all times, but no ignoring hit rerolls. Because, like, they need mm. some consistency in the Skyweaver department. Like, Skyweavers confuse us now. At least, yeah. I don't like the fact that they're not minus. Like, yes, Lightning Fast Reflex is only one command point, and it's great, and I get mm-hmm. that. But, yeah. like, Skyweavers... I still like the consistency of all flying bases having the same rules. Yes, exactly. And then if you make it so flying bases are all always minus one to hit, and then the big flying bases, the big are also no rerolls. are no rerolls. That's easier yeah. to explain than the current rule. Exactly. Exactly. No, I'm in complete agreement with you there, that if we could... Um, remove the no reroll, the, or I'm sorry, yeah. If we could, um, if we can make that a, uh, addendum to Luck of the Laughing God, I don't think there's a, a need to make uh, Mirage Launchers only work in shooting. I think that balances itself out where the melee becomes a little more palatable if we can't use Luck Dice on it to begin with. Yeah, because melee is where you get those big hits, yeah. oftentimes, and like that's the whole point is that we we dodge big hits. That's our thing. Yeah, you don't shoot big shots at us. Unless you want to waste. You shoot bolters or shoot a big shooters, you know? That's like yeah. a big shooter or like a docker jet super shooter, I think they're called. That's like ideal. Strength six, AP one, damage one. Like, yeah, we don't get cover, so you're wasting one AP probably. But like strength six, damage one, we hate that. Absolutely despise that. That is the mm-hmm. worst thing we can get shot at by. Correct. And the next worst is probably strength five, AP zero, damage one. So, you know, that's the fluffiness of the codex is great and i don't want to lose that exactly like 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 i mentioned before you really can't take many rules away from this army without really running the risk of uh, completely invalidating it and nobody wants that i mean look people have been arguing and commenting and critiquing about oh you know void weavers should get buggied they should get you know back down to one unit back down to two units per squad buggies didn't deserve it either guys like Let's stop projecting that malice onto Harlequins just because orcs got it too. Like, don't get me wrong. Buggies didn't deserve it either. I'm willing to die on that hill with you. But let's not suffer for those sins. Similarly, they recommend alter the warding to Mere Architect so that it only applies to abilities and shooting beyond 12 inches. I'm not sure I disagree with that, but I'd be tempted to say within 6 inches. Like, you should be able to shoot your damn pistol at something with Mere Architect. Like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. We all agree that is stupid. Yes. And near architect should also not affect lookout, sir. Please stop that, GW. You did mm-hmm. not think this through, and it is clear because the solitaire should not be like like there. There are issues, man. Yes. Also, what's up with solitaires not getting like anything? Like they don't even get <laughs> torments of the fiery pit. Really, that would be like an obvious thing for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes me considering mad. who was specifically called out by it in the in the previous codex. Yes. <laughs> and they just, like, reversed it for this codex. No, I'm in complete agreement with you. Mirror Architects is a complete shit show of a wording. And it's a great ability. I like what it does, but it was so coherent and so, like, just, like, like finally recognized in the 8th edition codex. And now it's just a nebulous mess of rules that needs to be ironed out. Yeah, so, uh, we, we, I guess now we, you want to talk about how you think you should beat Harlequins. And I think it's important to note how you beat Harlequins you can't really t- Harlequins are in essence, they're like Drukari. They're three armies now. Yeah. There's Dark, Light, and Twilight. And they're never going to mm. be mixed, though, so you don't have to worry about that, at least. So maybe yeah. three branches of Space Marines, whatever. Like, White Scars, Iron Hands, uh, Space Wolves. Or go. Ultramarines, <laughs> you know, an in-between <laughs> option Blood as well. Angels. 
Yeah, blood angels are too much like white scars. You're you're mixing my metaphor here. Oh, uh, that's fair. But uh, then again, white scars are actually good. Poor blood angels. <laughs> Rip. Blood angels crawled so space wolves could walk, so harlequins could fly, <laughs> could jump jump belt. But yes, so what do you do? So first, you've got two games in as light, right? Do you want to maybe explain some of your list and what you thought might work into it? So I, I've been playing a list basically based off of the the meta list right now. I've been running basically with what I have with a little bit of tweaks in my own personal flair here and there. I've been running with uh, five by five troops with uh, one of each melee and two of each pistol. I've been running with two by three void weavers with prismatics. And I've had two death jesters, one with humbling cruelty and uh, the favorite champion combo, and one with um, the, 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 the no Overwatch, fucking uh, uh, Crystal Bones, as well as a uh, Foot in the Future Troopmaster and a Shadow Seer with the Aurobot stuff, you know, pretty much cookie cutter of the main list, but and a Solitaire with um, uh, Prince of Sins. So, very similar to the cookie cutter list, but I opted into a, another Death Jester for redundancy. I keep my solitaire, which some lists don't. I think it was, like, Manny Chima who didn't bring a solitaire. Um, so, I, I like my solitaire, personally. But I've been running a, a pretty simple variation of the meta list. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a real pain, guys. It's a real pain to fight against. Uh, my first game was against Sisters. And I'm not sure Sisters has play into this army. I genuinely don't know if they actually have what it takes to, to, to stop us. Even though they can spam heavy bolters, they can spam, you know, a lot of light arms fire, they just don't have the resiliency to keep themselves up in our wake. Where we can, I mean, the prismatic cannon disperse shot is literally made to kill sisters. It's literally designed to kill them. Yeah, yeah. Strength 5, AP 3, 1 damage. Sisters just die to that. Like, there's nothing they can do against it. And when they're facing down six of them, they, they, they just fall over. But... Um, as far as what I think really actually counters this army, what actually kind of stymies the bleeding for this army, is you need a lot of small arms fire first and foremost. Like Rob mentioned, you want a lot of ideally strength 6, minimal AP, because AP doesn't matter against us anyway, and either 1 or 3 damage. 1 damage, choose through all of our troops, it obviously chunks wounds off of everything else. 3 damage, either double taps a character, it double taps a boat, or it kills a bike, should bikes become relevant in our in our list now. Three damage is a real sweet spot to be in against this army, because it threatens everything on the table immediately. Um, you definitely want to spam cheap light fire. Like I said, bolters are great against us. Honestly, two of the codecs that exist right now, as of as of this recording, two, two codecs that I think actually have play into us, are going to be Gene Steeler Cult and uh, Admech. So... I think Necrons have play into us, and that- Yeah, I could agree with that as well. I just lost to Necrons, and I'm horribly ashamed of myself right now. Admittedly, my Solitaire missed 4 out of 10 attacks after 12-inch uh, Blitzing Oof. turn 1, and it just kind of- that was pretty much the tone of the game from there on. Like, mm -hmm. I had a Death Jester, uh, so he's hitting at Strength 4, AP 2, Damage 1, every 4 plus does Immortal as well. And he just no-shows. He does literally zero damage multiple turns in a row. Like, literally yep. all his wound rolls are one through three, even when shooting his cannon. Like, he yeah. just does nothing. And I'm like, dude, I spent a Warlord trade on you. Also, mm -hmm. I forgot to bring a Warlock, and that's really important if you combine it with Eldrad. But, uh, yes. 
Yeah, I, it turns out Lesson you can't learned. warp ritual well without uh, the right setup. If you, if your shadow <laughs> seer just decides, combo. yeah, when your shadow seer just decides to yolo into the enemy, she only gets one warp ritual off, and it just—it's not good. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like the flayed one's Necron list does have play into us. Maybe not into yeah. the light list that's like Voidweaver mm-hmm. spam, but I think that's just a points issue, and it'll be fixed. Especially mm-hmm. that's that I think would actually be one of the number one reasons. Is our balance into Krons limiting us to squads of zero to two? I'd be okay with that for Void Weavers mm. because six Void Weavers is still a lot of like very powerful anti tank shots, and then you still can take up to uh, I could I can fit thirteen fusion pistols in my list plus a solitaire mm-hmm. plus a etc etc like yeah like I I think I don't want us to have a weakness into tier, monster mash Tyranids. But at the same time, GW's not doesn't seem to want to fix Haywire, so like yeah. we may have to accept that monstrous creatures at T six, T seven, T eight are kinda especially mm. like T six minus one damage or T seven and T eight with good stats are just and an invul and just aren't really like we should be able to play into them, but like Exactly. We should have to at least tech a little. Cause like yeah. especially into T eight monstrous creatures. Like I wish Haywire would work against them. But GW decided not to do that. So Tyranids, I think, especially with their new codex, are going to have a good matchup with us. I agree completely, yeah. yeah. There's there's several codex coming on the horizon that have me genuinely worried, and I've talked about this in the Discord before, that I'm really afraid of having some heavy-handed nerfs thrown at us, you know, losing rules, losing Void Weavers by the clip, and then staring down the barrel of Nids and uh, uh, Guard, uh, knights, you know, there's a lot of codex on the horizon that are really going to scare us. Yeah, for sure. That is that is a hundred percent true, and I agree. And don't get me wrong, there's a whole can of worms that can be opened up about the power creep in the game and about how those armies could be their own harbinger of doom. And that's not a, that's not a hill we're here to die on today. But even just at a baseline power level, how they how the armies exist in the meta space, they have a lot of cause for concern for us. So giving us a heavy-handed, just a slap down, could really spell doom for us with these codecs on the horizon. Yeah, for sure. So what do you think as far as lists that exist now? So uh, you have a lot more experience than I do currently with the actual with the actual tabletop. With pure Harlequins, I'm 11-2. One of those losses was a close loss uh, against someone who knows my play style and... Yeah. Uh, it, it turns out 30 Dire Avengers are pretty good into I just got like, I did not <laughs> expect the raw firepower 30 Dire Avengers would put out. I was not ready for that. Uh, it was a close game, though. Let's talk about some theory crafting, and I'm going to bounce some ideas off of you. And uh-huh. w- with a little bit more hands-on meta knowledge that you have, tell me how you think these ideas would actually participate, and not only how they would handle against us specifically, but how well those lists might at least be able to exist in a meta outside of Harlequins. You know, s- someone could bring this list to an RTT, for example, and not only have a good game against us, but not be completely invalidated against the rest of the field just because they decided to counter us, you know? Yeah. So, first and foremost, let's talk about uh, Crute. How does Tau Crute stand up against us? So, I think Crute might actually be an interesting pick into us, because we have a decent amount of AP, and Mm -hmm. uh, generally we're strength 4 through 6, and damage generally 2 or more, and that's Mm -hmm. just kind of wasted on Crute bodies. I actually found Crute, like, I pick him up, 
But, like, if you had enough of those, I could see that being an issue. Especially, like, the 5-plus feel-no-pain. Oh, that's so annoying. Do not like that 5-plus feel-no-pain they can put on with an ethereal. Yeah, so I, I, I'm on the same level as you. I think Kroot has a has a place in this meta that if somebody wanted to sacrifice a little bit of their heavy armor and slot in a few extra bodies of Kroot, they could really start to um, lower that division for how Harlequins is going to participate against their Tau army. What about Death Guard? I think Death Guard need buffs, but they're they're the obvious choice to counter us if they mm-hmm. had if they were efficient. They just need yeah. buffs. Those poor. I love Death they Guard. They're my a relic secret. Of power creep. They're my secret yeah. Space Marine love, and yep. they've just oh, those poor guys. Yeah, Death Guard are absolutely a relic of power creep that desperately need a uh, a revision for this edition to keep them competitive, but at. As we talked about sometimes previously, one of the things that Harlequins really suffers against is an abundance of minus one damage. Being able to gimp all of our Haywire down to one damage a shot, all of our melee to one damage a shot, even taking one damage off of our Prismatic is going to add up real quick and make us soak so many more shots than we have to into your units. So armies like Death Guard, armies like uh, Drakari Coven are going to really excel into us because they can eat so much of that abundant damage that we have, especially at range. Not yeah. to mention, I don't know if we... And our melee doesn't do well under T5 minus one damage. That's literally what I was just about to get into. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm not in love with the idea of going toe-to-toe with Death Guard and melee. Like, I don't yeah. think that's a fight we win a majority of the time, even with our new rules. I don't think it is. Yeah. So I, I think e- even though Death Guard isn't in a good place right now, they could very easily receive some sort of like, and I want to say a stealth buff because they need a hell of a lot more than a stealth buff, but they, they could easily receive a bit of a retuning and be a huge counter for us in almost the blink of an eye. Um, next up, what do you think about Gene Stealer Cult with their new codex? Gene Stealer Cult, Gene Stealer Cult. So I've heard they do very poorly into us, but I think part of that is architect of... Is just, we need to, that needs to be fixed. So that part I, I can definitely agree with. I've actually heard some contrary from a, from a handful of people. The problem is Gene Stealer Cult is probably the highest skill tier army in the game. Yeah, and, it is an extremely and Harlequins, difficult army to pilot. Harlequins aren't that far behind when it comes to like, you gotta be careful with your CP expenditure, but you can, re- yeah. and, and your luck, but you can really tilt things. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, uh, Stealer Cult has no margin of error. You really have to have a finely tuned mastery of your armor. Even back in 8th edition when they got their good codex and they got their army rework, they were not an easy army to play. I have the army. I play it, you know, semi-consistently. I haven't played it since 9th edition, but, like, it's it's a super fun army. It is an incredibly difficult army to pilot. But I think a good, refined a cult player has a lot of play into us because they win the melee trade more often than not. Muscle Beach is seeing a bit of a resurgence from what I'm hearing, especially out uh, out on the other side of the world right now. And Muscle Beach terrifies me. I don't what know what we Muscle do. What is Muscle Beach? Muscle Beach is uh, aberrant spam. Oh. Yes. I believe it's Twisted Helix, the 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 cult they want to take, but it's aberrant spam. It's and they're nasty. Oh. They're really hard for us to fight into, so that might be one of some th- something you want to do a little more homework on when you, when we have the time to talk about it. But I, I think Gene Stealer Cult are a very much an unsung hero into the Harlequin matchup if you are an experienced, you know, well-rounded pilot that can handle that army. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Um. So my other pick. What do you think? What do you think about Admech? 
Um, so I do think Admech has the possibility. I think that's a huge skill matchup on both players' part. Like the skill. I, I agree. I think Admech might have been nerfed a little too hard, and they probably I also need agree. a buff or two. But like in yep. a good Admech player who's like dedicated and actually good mm-hmm. at the game into yep. a similarly good dedicated Harlequins player, especially once Harlequins mm-hmm. get a little efficiency nerf going. Yeah, I could see that being a super fun. Like that would be like so fun to play. I completely agree. I I I do agree with a lot of the uh, the void screamers as I'm calling them now. I agree with a lot of the void screamers that a lot of the nerfs that armies like Admech received were very premature and probably aren't necessary at this point and they should be reversed. I think Admech suffered a lot for the sins of the edition and it needs to be rectified, but I I agree with you completely that Admech would be a super fun matchup into us if we got a little bit of a love tap and they got a little bit of a boost to kind of equalize that differential i think that would be a really really good game really well balanced fight yeah that would be great that would be great so that what what we've seen so far out of the and i don't want to talk too too much about like unconfirmed spoilers and whatnot without you know verifying information but how do you feel about all the nid stuff that we're seeing into us I mean, we know what the nids look like, and yeah. they have they have some Void Weaver level of I don't think GW really understood understands what they wrote. <laughs> like yeah. they have like a couple, of, they have like at least one Mortal Wound combo that is redonkulous. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think they're unbalanced overall or anything. Yeah. Like, do do you think they're going to be a a terror on the table once they get their release and they're going to really be that, that, that okay, let hammer me thrower that. to our sickle. They, they're they going to probably be good into Quins, especially if Void Weavers get nerfed. And mm-hmm. they're going to, I think, balance this out somewhat because Mortal Wounds and T8 monsters are not things, and T7 and T8 monsters and T6 minus one damage monsters yes. are not things we want to fight, especially once Void Weavers get nerfed. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, now you got me thinking. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to, they're balanced similarly to Custodes, Tau, and Harlequins. I think once Tyranids are into the mix, the four mm-hmm. top armies plus Necrons plus probably Admech and um, maybe Thousand Sons, uh, there's, there are armies that have play right now. Yeah. Uh, last two I want to visit before we move on to our last little bit of a topic and wrap up. Um, I, I got to pour one out for my other favorite army. Grey Knights are almost a really good counter into Harlequins. The The recent change that you can no longer soup your, uh, your attachments really hurt their viability, but Grey Knights would have had a very strong showing into Harlequins. Um, actually, I think... No, actually, I may have to disagree with that. I think Grey Knights rely too much on strength four shooting and strength four shooting is actually worse into us now than it used to be maybe but there's just so much of it they have so many they also don't they like they have us. like one mortal wound source in their librarian bomb and everybody else is kind of low on mortal wounds i feel like like they need to be getting off all their powers and it just i just feel like gray knight it's more the thousand suns that really drive into us and make us regret existing <laughs> really okay I could be wrong, like, I, I stare down a, a Grey Knight's list, and I just see, like, okay, that's nine mortal wounds coming at me that I'm not stopping. So that's killing at least one boat that's killing it. And, and so, like, you can tech into the matchup. You know, like, people like you who are frequently going to be running um, going to be running the eye, or, you know, if, you're gonna pr- if you can properly parse out your, um, 
your webway dance to try to mitigate some of those mortal wounds. But most people aren't teching the eye for a mortal wound matchup. And if you're even just slightly out of efficiency range with your uh, with your uh, webway dance, you're going to get punished real hard with all those mortals. And there's just so many bolter shots that we can't contend with. Yeah, I think that's also where partially where Eldari comes in because I feel like when you run, you can run like roughly 50 50 Harlequins mm-hmm. plus like Covens, I think. They're the tough guys, right? The tough Drukari Covens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the homunculi Coven, yeah. I always think it's weird because Witch makes me think Coven. So like, I do too. That always messed me up too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm in the exact same boat. And they all start with a cuss sound, of course, to make mm-hmm. it more confusing. Yeah. Classic 80s GW. Or early 90s, probably. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll round out the Q&A with uh, that last one there. What about Craftworld? And I know this isn't, this isn't a glowing endorsement for the Codex. Oh, a Codex counters itself. Her, her, her. But, like, what do, you, what do you think is going to be viable ways for Craftworld to counter us? So Craftworld has, like, a bunch of good units that are strength 6, low AP, low-ish AP, damage 1, or strength 5, low-ish AP, damage 1. Uh-huh. Or, for example, Shadow Spectres just, like, eat us alive, I feel like. I love Shadow Spectres. And you, you waste two damage, into, you waste damage into them. Yep. They're yep. minus one to hit, though, so you're hitting them on fours. Um, how, how much is the Shadow Spectre still right now? 26 points. It's really annoying. I wish I were 25 so that I could easily... Uh, I, I don't have a good way in my current list of running squads of six. So I'm just running... I'm looking to maybe run a squad of ten. But I don't know. Mm. I'm still deciding. Okay, yeah. No, I absolutely love Shadow Spectres. are are low-key my favorite unit in the game. But, um, no, you're absolutely right. So what you're saying is, is we're going back to 7th edition scat bike meta. <laughs> sure, yes. Yeah, because ha- having a bunch of Strength 6, AP 0, flat 1 damage shots zipping around that we can't hide from because they move as fast as we do, that are just going to be mowing down our troops, wounding on 2s, wounding our bikes on 4s, I mean, you're absolutely right. The craft worlds have a lot of play into us. And, and I mentioned it to you before we started recording that a friend and I were talking about it. I think a Wraith Construct army has a decent play into us with all of their blanket minus one damage and their high toughness. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Are Constructs keyword vehicle? Wraith Constructs? I, I don't. Uh, let me check. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure the little ones are keyword infantry, but let me check the big Oh, like, I'm pretty sure the Wraith Knight is keyword vehicle. Yeah. But, like, what about the Wraith Lord or the Wraith Guard or... I'm gonna check, uh, the Lord. I don't think Guard are there. They should be infantry. Last I checked. Okay. Wraith Lord... Oh, yeah, they, they can go in, uh, they can go in, uh, vehicles. He, uh, Wraith Lords are monsters. And they're T8. Oh, yeah. my God! Screw you, Wraith yeah. Lords! Yeah, see what I'm saying? Like, we actually do surprisingly well, I feel like, into Wraith, uh guard though or wraith blades rather mm. because they're yeah. t6 and we're like yeah. t6 that's the one number we don't care very much about t5 mm-hmm. and t6 we're very good into it's the t7 yeah. and t8 we start struggling into especially mm. the t8 yeah because that's when our melee stops slapping <laughs> mm-hmm. no absolutely and like like don't don't get me wrong like like we've been talking about all day that th- this is by all means not an endorsement saying oh the army's fine just play xyz that's not the case yeah what we're no we're is broken that... is all get out Yes. What we're saying is that this this is not a lost hope, and you still have a reason to play, and you still have options out there to stymie the bleeding and to show that, you know, you can actually participate in the game. And once, once, not if, when, some rebalancing happens, you know what will be, 
we'll, we'll be seeing on the table, not only to bring against us, but as a Harlequin player to see as the matchup that you want to worry about, that you want to learn to tech into. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah, so... Oh, also, if Tyranids keep um, their army of renown, that's big trouble. That is trouble. I've, I've heard from pretty good sources, though, that they aren't. So, like, okay. people who have almost certainly seen the Codex. But mm-hmm. I, I assume this specific person hasn't, but that doesn't mean they didn't have inside info anyways. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Like... Ah, uh, yeah, they're they're good. They're good. So I guess the last codex I want to touch on before we like move on to just you know what's been going on in our little uh, closeout segment. Um, how do you? Th- what do you think? What what's some spitballing you think that's going to happen with knights? I'm knights, 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 knights. I don't. I think knights could be really good into her. Ironically, knights could go from one of our best matchups to one of our worst matchups, kind of like Harlequins went from one of our from our worst to one of our best. So, or, I mean, mm-hmm. Tau did. Not. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah, Tau. Tau. But no, yes. I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. I am terrified of what the new Knight Codex could bring because right now knights are in a pretty rough spot. I mean, first of all, let me backtrack a little bit. Armagers are fantastic into us. Armagers are incredible. Yeah, I I feel like there's definitely a variety of units that have play into us. Yeah, so I, I I would be afraid of staring down twelve armagers with their auto cannons, or I'm sorry, what what's, well, what gun do they have? I forget the name of the gun, but uh, staring down twelve armagers right now would scare the pants off of me. Actually, funny thing, chaos knights yeah. have a way to up their strength and stuff, and do mm-hmm. lots of shenanigans. And uh, one of the few losses I ever had with my super serious Drukari list, I think it was one of two, was actually into a chaos knights list specifically designed. It was technically mm-hmm. Chaos Monster Mash for him, but I think they had Old Magnus as well, or maybe they had New Mortarian. Something like that, <laughs> along with uh, several knights. And uh, yeah. it was not fun to play into. So I, I have to confess, I am I am offensively unfamiliar with the Chaos Knight matchup, so I'm going to take your word for it, but all that checks out based on a little bit that I do know, and honestly, yeah, that makes that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So why don't we uh, work into our closing segment? Why don't you tell us about some of the games you've had recently and tell us about some of the stuff you've learned, not only as a Harlequin player, but maybe for those who are looking to get the edge up against us in these dark times that we have right now. One, Harlequins are a lot of the meta, but so you also have to count Eldari and Craft Worlds. Yeah. So, for example, Mortal Wounds, especially if Harlequins adapt, won't be as good as they seem now. Yeah. But they're really good right now. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, people can counter them if they become... A lot of it becomes chasing the meta and predicting the meta. Because, like, light harlequins lose to dark harlequins and aren't as good into, like, fast melee stuff, for example. Yeah. Throw some aspects warriors at them. They, they hate that. They're one wound. They have a five-up invuln. They just... You wait, they waste a bunch of shooting into them. It's not a good, uh... Mm-hmm. It's not good for them. You gotta be able to kill the boats. That's necessary. And you ideally... If you're into dark, for example, that becomes the problem. Like, you kill the boats with shooting, which is already hard enough, but then you want to melee the guys inside, which is also bad. So if you can somehow melee the boats to death and then shoot the guys inside to death, if you can survive a charge from Harlequins and kill the boats in melee, that's actually really good. So you bring up a really interesting point. I think, and this is coming from, we talked about this uh, a couple times before, that you and I have very, like, opposite sides of the coin's perspective on how we play this army. Um, I feel like light, I'm sorry, excuse me, I feel like dark is the 
higher potential uh, Sadif. I think Dark has a higher skill ceiling for how it's going to perform and how it's going to be more resilient into change and into the overarching meta. Light just has a much higher skill floor and requires less like resistance to pilot. Therefore, it's the most it's the it's the path of least resistance. That sounds about right to me. Because I completely agree with you that I think Dark really trounces Light, and I think Dark has a really incredibly powerful matchup into most of the meta right now. It just takes more effort and has a bit more of a feast or famine um, outcome, and Light is, like I said, just the path of least resistance. So I, I think Dark is going to be a real scary, you know, a, a real scary counterpart on the horizon if, let's say, Void Weavers get nerfed into the ground, or if the meta adapts that we don't need them anymore. Yeah, I could agree with that, I think. And that's including Skyweavers. Dark Skyweavers are terrifying. I think they're good, but the fact that you can no longer haywire just doesn't isn't great. And then you're just getting more shurikens and strength. Oh, five I'm not even concerned about their shooting. I'm talking about all their glaives. I feel like glaives need to go down in points, or else gain something. Like they just don't feel right right now. But maybe I'm just too used to old Skyweavers, and I just can't see the new Skyweavers because someone has done someone. Went, I believe, five zero, and then dropped out in a tournament last weekend with uh, fifteen. I want to say sky weavers with uh, glaives. So, yeah, I mean they're very good, I guess. But like, how much of that is just the meta? Yeah, how much of that is just Harlequins being busted? Yes, like how much of that is just you could put eight hundred points of almost any halfway decent model into twelve hundred points of good Harlequins and still win. <laughs> No, well, that's exactly it. But I, I agree with you. This isn't the episode for us to, you know, stand on a soapbox and saying, but Harlequins need buffs because you know, we're not touching that that can of worms. But I agree with you. I think if we end up getting any sort of nerfs, that it would be worth then discussing maybe buffing Skyweavers a little bit, shaving a couple points here and there, maybe reworking the rules a little bit on them. But Skyweavers are definitely went from the went from hero to zero with this codex. So I'd like to see them get a little bit love in the future. But we are in, we have no right to be asking for any sort of buffs in this current situation. So that's not a, that's not a hill for us to die on today. <laughs> that is fair. Yes, that is not a hill for us to die on. I would agree. Uh, so what do you think uh, you're going to, if Harlequin, when Harlequin's getting there, not if. Yeah. You think you're going to still run six Void Weavers? If they're not overly, you know, like, let's say they follow Ardenerf recommendations. How many Void Weavers would you take? Um... Ideally, I would like to only take three. Ideally, that's where I would want the army balance to be. I would want to bring three to help shore up my heavy strength matchup to really chew off some of those wounds to really put a hurt on the things that need it. I would like to only need three of them. Hmm. Realistically, I see myself running somewhere between probably, probably four to six. Okay. I don't want to run 9, I currently don't run 9, and I have no intentions of starting, but I would like to see a world where between, like I said, 4-ish four, Void Weavers is the optimal amount. Okay, interesting. I think uh, I I'm looking to take uh, anywhere from 0 to, f I mean, if the meta shifts enough, I could take 4. Yeah. But I'm thinking yeah, no, exactly. I may prefer Wraith Lords into uh, Tyranids. Yeah, that's fair. I should also come at that with a caveat that I refuse to soup, so I'm only playing mono Harlequin, so I'm looking at it from that bias. What do you mean? I'm playing pure Ulfway. I just happened... A, a bunch of Harlequins showed up on the... 
over a thousand points of Harlequins just randomly showed up on the battlefield, okay? I don't know where these guys came from. They're not mine. Oh, huh. Interesting. <laughs> so, uh, on, on another topic, I'll be looking for a new host for our Harlequin theme <laughs> podcast, so... I mean, if they if they could give me some buffs <laughs> to uh, foot troops and uh, make me not want to claw my eyes out when I play dark, like, I'm considering yeah. switching to, like, Twilight or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just not feeling it. No, I, I totally, uh, jokes aside, I totally get where you're coming from. That trying to trying to force feed a melee focused army in the current the current meta state is really just asking for torture. So I, I get where you're coming from. You really do want to kind of sh- plug those holes as well as you can. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's kind of the issue right now. Is just I don't want to take Void Weavers, man. They're too broken, and I've got a tournament coming up, and I don't think we're going to get nerfed by are. then. So I would feel <laughs> bad if I took Void Weavers. I have no shame. <laughs> I have zero shame. So what do you think, my friends? About time for us to wrap it up? I think, yeah, we uh, we didn't cover as much. Uh, we, I'd rather we just covered so much faster. I mean, this was kind of an yeah. impromptu episode change. I, I suggested this topic, I think, on Monday. So yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, we... but this is something that needed to be talked about. We really yeah. needed to get some of this out there and really kind of talk not only on behalf of our Harlequin community, but to our Harlequin community about how things can respectfully be done and what we should be looking out for in the future, you know? Because yeah. we are a Harlequin-focused podcast first and foremost, so we are primarily speaking to our patrons, to our users, about how they can maximize their play and enjoy their army the best. So, But like I said before, we're not enjoying the army right now. So let's find a way to make the army enjoyable again and do it in a rules-efficient way. Yeah, definitely. Alright guys, but thank you so much everybody for tuning in and listening. Like I said, next week, or two weeks from now technically, we will be back on for the second half of our Codex review. We're going to break down the last uh, portions of the Codex that we didn't touch last time, as well as talk about some of our personal goings-ons. We're going to talk about hobby projects we've had, uh, list ideas, just kind of like how we've been handling the new, you know, what we've been doing in the wake of the new book right now. Not just how we played, but what we've been doing in the hobby space of the game right now. So we'll be touching on some of that next week. But, uh, yeah, so thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back in a couple weeks. And, uh, Rob, you want to give your salutations? Yeah, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. We are absolutely shocked, but we've gotten, like, I believe we're at over 300 views total now. And we're just... Yeah, Thank correct. you guys so much. And we're, uh, we're going to try to get on YouTube as well. Uh, we're on all major platforms otherwise, though. So uh, stay yes. tuned. Uh, we're going to be here every two weeks, generally aiming to release... Mondays, so... Sunday to Monday-ish. Yeah. Since, since I do all the editing locally, personally, myself, you know, weekends can be a little bit little bit hard. So if if, uh, if I can get the edit out, I will try to upload, upload on Sunday for those of you who might be commuting or for those of you who want to listen early Monday, like on your way to work or on your way to school or whatever. But you can expect us usually at latest by like Monday afternoon, Monday evening time. Yeah, that sounds That is U.S. Accurate. standard afternoon, evening for those our international listeners. Yes. <laughs> which there are surprisingly a lot of you which is awesome yeah oh my god and we've got like i i learned about geography looking up our viewers i learned so much about geography i don't know i didn't know the east coast of the north american continent at all i was very embarrassed <laughs> no yeah uh yeah it's it's great having you guys join us thank you for listening well not join you guys know what they're joining us. They're here with us. We're, we're doing this for them. So they <laughs> okay. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for everything. We are signing out. We will talk to you next time. Bye.